Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Last week, we talked about um, our new mission statement at Real Life, and, and that our new mission statement is this. It is live real, know Jesus, and find hope. Who in here says, I need to find some hope in my life this morning? When we live real, we acknowledge that we're not perfect. We take our masks off and we ask the Lord to do a work in us. When we do this, we begin to learn what it means to really live. Knowing Jesus is a continual practice in our lives, and it's not just something that we do in a moment and then we're all set. It's a discipline seeking to know Jesus. And when we know him, we know that he knows us, he loves us, and he sees us. And then when we know Jesus, we begin to live real and not hide behind masks. We find hope in the dark areas of our lives. Um, this morning, as we spend, I want to spend just a couple of minutes, we're going to turn the lights up and, and chat. I want you to share with your neighbor about what comes to your mind when you think of the word hope. Next question that I want you to talk about is what comes to your mind when you think of the opposite of hope? What comes to mind when you think of the opposite of hope? Go ahead and share with each other. I've been running through rain that I thought would never end Trying to make it on faith in a struggle against the wind I've seen the dark in the broken places But I know in my soul no matter how bad it gets I'll be alright 
All right. So shout out to me some of the things that come to mind when you think of hope. What is hope? No, the, what is hope first? We'll come back to hold that thought. All right, so what is, when you think of hope, what do you think of? Jesus. Faith. Recovery. Something to hold on to, a better future. Sorrow. Okay. When you think of the opposite of hope, what do you think of? Despair. Fear. Perplexed. Lost. Addiction. Devastation. Darkness. Love it. So this morning, um, this is kind of strange. I don't know if any other profession in life has this happen, but as pastors, um, we watch things, we read things, we listen to things, and we constantly say, oh, that could preach. Anybody else, like, maybe you're like, oh, that'd be a good sermon. Like, I know I, even before I was a pastor, sometimes I'd be like, oh, but so I, it's funny the things that will resonate as things that could preach. And so this morning you're going to learn as one of these really random things that can preach. Okay? Um, our family has favorite children's books. And some of these books are weird, right? Um, we had a book called No David in our house. I don't know if anyone's ever read that book. David runs naked through the street and his mom says, no doing that, David. It's all about the things that David can't do. And then in the end, it's the things David can do. But it's... See, we like really weird, random children's books sometimes um, outside of the traditional ones. But um, so when Rylan was little, we found this book and we loved this book. And, you know, when I think of the opposite of despair and gloom and doom, I think about um, being stuck. Sometimes I think the opposite of hope is the feeling of being stuck. And I don't know, maybe you have felt like that at some point in your life, but there's a story about a squirrel who um, lives in fear of the, the unknown, being stuck in the same old routine. And so this morning you're going to get to experience one of our favorite books. And I'm not going to make you do what the, front of, what the very first page of the book says, but the book is called Scaredy Squirrel. And the very first page actually says, Scaredy Squirrel insists that everyone wash their hands with antibacterial soap before reading this book. And so when we would read this book in our house, I would tell the kids, okay, go wash your hands. And everybody would go wash their hands, and then we'd come back and read the book. It was like one of those dumb things that we did, but it's a memory that we all have. So welcome to the book, Scaredy Squirrel. Scaredy Squirrel never leaves his nut tree. Sounds like fun, right? The unknown outside of the tree. He'd rather stay in his safe and familiar tree than risk venturing out into the unknown. The unknown can be a very scary place for a squirrel. A few things Scaredy Squirrel is afraid of. Tarantulas, poison ivy, green Martians, killer bees, germs, and sharks. Just a few, right? So he's perfectly happy to stay right where he is. Advantages of never leaving a nut tree. Great view, plenty of nuts, safe place, and no all of, the, all of those things that we listed. Disadvantages of never leaving a nut tree. Same old view, same old nuts, same old place. 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Scaredy Squirrel's nut tree every day is the same. Everything is predictable. All is under control. Scaredy Squirrel's daily routine. Wake up, eat a nut, look at view, eat a nut, look at view, eat a nut, look at view, go to sleep. Predictable. But let's just say, for example, that something unexpected did happen. You can rest assured that this squirrel is prepared. A few items in Scaredy Squirrel's emergency kit. A parachute, bug spray, mask and gloves, a hard hat, antibacterial soap, calamine lotion, a net, band-aid, and sardines. He's prepared. What to do in case of an emergency according to Scaredy Squirrel? One, run. Two, or one, panic. Two, run. Three, get kit. Four, put on kit. Five, consult exit plan. Six, exit tree. If there's absolutely, definitely, truly no other option. Exit plan, top secret. Exit one, note to self, watch out for green Martians and killer bees in the sky. Exit two, note to self, do not land in river. If unavoidable, use sardines to distract the sharks. Exit three, note to self, look out for poison ivy and for tarantulas roaming the ground. Exit four, note to self, keep in mind there are germs everywhere. Remember, if all else fails, playing dead is always a good option. With his emergency kit in hand, Scaredy Squirrel watches day after day. He watches until one day, Thursday, 9.37 a.m. A killer bee appears. Scaredy Squirrel jumps in panic, knocking his emergency kit out of the tree. This was not a part of his plan. Scaredy Squirrel jumps to catch his kit. He quickly regrets this idea. The parachute is in the kit. But something incredible happens. He starts to glide. Scaredy Squirrel is no ordinary squirrel. He is a flying squirrel. Scaredy Squirrel forgets all about the killer bee, not to mention the tarantulas, poison ivy, green Martians, germs, and sharks. He feels overjoyed, adventurous, carefree, alive, until he lands in a bush. He plays dead. 30 minutes later, one hour later, two hours later. Finally, Scaredy Squirrel realizes that nothing horrible is happening in the unknown today, so he returns to his nut tree. All this excitement has inspired Scaredy Squirrel to make drastic changes in his life. Scaredy Squirrel's new and improved daily routine. Wake up, eat a nut, look at view, jump into the unknown, play dead, return home. Eat a nut, look at view, eat a nut, look at view, go to sleep. P.S. As for the emergencies kit, Squirty Squirrel is in no hurry to pick it up just yet. It's in the poison ivy. The end. So you're like, what in the world does that have to do with hope? Uh, when Scaredy Squirrel is flying, he, he learns who he is. He learns that he is a flying squirrel. Um, he learns that he can fly, and all of a sudden he has this new hope for life. Scaredy Squirrel learned that he could take a leap of faith and experience something new. Um, did you know that you are created in the image of God? And because you're created in the image of God, you have been, been given the right to become children of God. And when we know Christ, and when we know who we are in Christ, we get to have his hope in our lives. We get to be filled with hope for the things that, that we walk through and the things that we deal with. And I know there are a lot of things in our lives that we need hope for today. 
Romans 15, 13 was our verse at the beginning of the service that was on. It said, may the God of hope. Um, This hope is something um, of our own. It's not something of our own. It's not man-made. It's not material. Um, Nothing material can provide this hope. This hope comes from God alone. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23 says, Ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I pray also that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those of us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at, in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Friends, our hope is different than the hope of the world. Our hope goes beyond our circumstances. Our hope in Christ allows us to have peace in the midst of our storms. It allows us to have peace in the face of a pandemic. It allows us to have peace in the face of illness, in the face of loss, in the face of um, struggle. Um, In verse 18, it says, uh, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Heart is not talking about um, that thing that beats in your chest. It's talking about the very core of who you are. It's where the, your emotions and your will and your intellect intersect each other. All of those things come together, and that is where the hope of Christ resides. Um, I love to look at hope, hopeful people and talk to them and figure out, how is it that in the midst of this, you still have such peace? How do you still have hope? This week, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, one of my mentors in life, and and we were talking, she shared with me, she said, um, I asked how she was doing, and she said, I love this season of life. And if I didn't know that John, her husband who passed away four years ago, if I didn't know that John was experiencing an even better retirement, I wouldn't be able to enjoy this season as much as I believe that the Lord wants me to. So I keep pressing on with joy and great thanksgiving. And I, re- I read that this week, and I was like, ah, oh, like, that is someone who has grieved the loss of a man that she loved dearly, and yet in the process now says, I know that God wants me to enjoy this season of life. I know that God has me where I am for a reason, and that he is walking with me, and he is giving me the hope to choose joy to carry on in spite of what I've lost. Christian hope is not about just this life alone. It's about what is both here and what is still to come, right? So our hope is in, okay, God conquered the world already. He says, don't worry, I've already conquered the world. 
So we have this hope of, you know what, he's with me right now, but our hope is what is to come still as well. God, I don't know what's going to happen right here, but I know your word tells me this. Ephesians doesn't say that believers should live unperturbed lives. I like that word. I read that this week, and I like read it three times. I sometimes that's another thing I do. I read words, and I go, I like that word. Okay, unperturbed, like totally undisturbed, unaffected. Um, we're not supposed to live totally unperturbed lives. The focus on newness that has changed the present thanks to the work of Christ. His reign as Lord now, it overpowers all other powers. Nothing can stand against him. No authority, no nothing. So what I'm saying here is don't walk around with your head in the clouds, right? And ignore the fact that there's a pandemic and there's all these things happening. We're not supposed to walk around like totally clueless, but we need to be realistic um, and we need to know what's going on, but realize Christ reigns over all things and that our hope goes beyond this life. In the last few um, verses in the passage, we read about the power and authority of God. It's because of that power that we can have hope in, hope in Christ. Hope in God's promise, in his living word, God's word is full of promises that we can take hope about. And I was thinking about this last night as I was reading through some things. And I, um, you know, sometimes we talk about all these verses on hope. And I, I thought, you know what? Some people may just say, I don't even know where to look or what to look for. So I'm saying this this week. If you're saying this, I need more verses on hope. I want you to, to write it on a piece of paper and hand it to me today. Or I want you to send me a text message and say, I need those verses on hope. Because I've already compiled a document. I sat last night working through it listing just passage after passage on hope. Because I want you not only to hear the word today, but I want you to take the word home with you this week when you need that hope in the midst of, of the struggle that you find yourself in. So if that's you, you let me know. This Psalm 119.81 says, My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. The Bible is full of God's promises for us, friends. Hebrews 20 or 10:23 says, "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." Okay. The Bible is full of promises. And if he promises it, he is going to be faithful to us to carry that out in our lives. So whatever your your struggle is, lay it before him. And just say, "God, where where does your what does your word have to say about this in my life?" So hope in his promise. Hope in the process. Okay, this is the one where we sometimes struggle. Um, it Usually, the process of God very rarely coincides with our own human understanding, right? We think that, okay, this is my struggle, and this is how God needs to work. That is not always how it happens. Sometimes it is. But there are times where God says, I have a totally different path. I have a totally different answer for you. But if we trust in him, we know that even if his answer is different than what we want, we can still have hope that it's going to be okay. So it never usually matches our own understanding. Even in our pain, God is at work. He can sew things together for good in the junk in our lives. And it may not translate to our comfort, but it is meant to conform us to be more like Christ. 
So sometimes hope does not mean feel good. Sometimes we can sit with a completely broken heart and remain hopeful. We can sit with a completely um, burdened uh, soul and remain hopeful. So it's not always a feel-good thing. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God uses our struggles to produce endurance, friends. Our, that endurance can produce character in us, and that character produces what? Hope. What does it produce? Hope. Okay, but so here's the thing, though. He, you know, he uses our, our struggles to produce endurance, and then our endurance can produce character. But what happens if in our, what if we're like, I can't do it. I'm done. God's like, ah, oh, yeah, you can. Come on, we can do this. Because there are days we find ourselves laying on the floor going, uh-uh, I'm done. I'm done. And God's like, come on. Let's go. You can do this. Our struggles produce endurance. Endurance produces our character, that character of Christ. But that character of Christ comes when we cling to him. It comes when we are, are doing all, all that we can to know him more. And we are allowing him to shape us and transform us into Christ-likeness. When we get real, we get to know Jesus. When we know Jesus, we can have confident hope in him. When we have hope in Christ in our hearts, we can be hope bearers to those who are around us. And if you want to know more about what a hope bearer is, join us for Advent this real life, or join us at Real Life this Advent season. We're going to talk about what it means to be a hope bearer. Bow your heads with me a minute this morning. I want you to think about that thing on, in your life, that burden, that, that situation, that struggle, that, that thing where you just say, I need hope for this. God, we come before you this morning and we lay our burdens down before you. Lord, some of them are so heavy, we just don't know that we can bear that load any longer. And, and we just say, God, here it is. And we acknowledge, Lord, that we need to know you more. We acknowledge that we need to dig in and we need to allow you to shape our heart. Because, God, when it's, it's when we know you that we receive your hope, not ours, not man-made not mustered up, something that we've tried to give ourselves. God, it's your hope. Because your hope is unfailing. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray that as my friends here this morning and those online are listening and, and, and their hearts are open, Lord God, I pray that they would, they would have your hope today. 
They would know that in the midst of their struggle that you are there with them. Because your word, your promises are true and you say you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so God, I pray that you would be by our side today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the hope that you bring. Keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed for just a minute. I want to read you this. It's from a devotional of mine, um, and it comes with, with prayers. And, and this, is, this is a prayer. It's called um, Dear Abba is the name of the book. But in it are letters from Scripture, basically from Christ to us. And this is what it says. Dear child, so few things in this world or in your world are steady. The news reveals the ups and downs of a shifting, changing society. Politics, economics, technology, social customs, clothing styles, so many things fluctuate that you may feel at times there is nothing consistent you can count on. Human love can also be a changing thing, at times leaving you wounded and betrayed. In the midst of all these changes, I am the unchanging God, the same through all generations, yesterday, today, and forever. My promises will never waver or vary. My word will stay constant to the last dot of the last I. My commitment to you is total. My love for you is unshakable. I am asking you to believe this with all your being. Let the roots of your spirit go down deep into the soil of my unchanging love. I am here for you, Abba. God, we thank you that you are here for us. We thank you that your love doesn't change. We thank you that we can take hope from you when we have none of our own. And so today, as we go from this place, may we go and say, I can have hope no matter where I'm at. May you fill us today with your hope. In Jesus' name. Stand with me this morning. Friends, as you go today, my hope is this, that you would recognize the hope of Christ in your life and in the dark corners of your soul this week, that you would feel his presence with you and that you would know beyond the shadow of a doubt that he's got your back. And as you, as you receive his hope, that you would share it with others this week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org. Thanks again for listening.